Good day and welcome once again to our Bible study. We're going to continue on in the Gospel of John in chapter 12. Today we'll be covering verses 25 through 36, and the title of today's lesson is Jesus Predicts His Death. In last week's lesson, we learned that many, many people believe that Jesus is the Messiah, right? And, and, and they showed up, remember, it's the festival of Passover, and, and by, by Torah law, by the commandments of God, any Jewish male 20 years or older must attend one of the three major festivals. And this was the most festival that, that, that people went to was the festival of Passover. So they're waiting for Jesus to come. And when they know that Jesus is coming, we learned last week, they welcome him at the gate. And they, they welcome him with palm branches. And they were calling out, if you remember, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel, right? So they were waving these palm branches and just prove that he is the king, that he is the Messiah. We also learn that Jesus once again proved who he really is, that he really is the Messiah by doing exactly what the prophet Zechariah had predicted when Jesus rides into the city of Jerusalem on a donkey. So once again, to really understand who Jesus really is, that he is the Messiah, then one must first study and know and believe in prophecy, you see. We also learned that the religious leaders weren't too happy with the majority of the people beginning to follow Jesus. Because they know in order for them to be in control, to stay in control, that they got to get rid of Jesus. They got to get rid of the ministry that Jesus is doing. Now, we know exactly what that's going to be. They're going to buy off Judas Iscariot, right? For 30 pieces of silver. We know how it ends. But we also seen last week, we ended last week's lesson by seeing that Greeks, now Greeks we had stated last week, were Jews that were living outside of Israel that come back to the festival of Passover. They came, the Bible told us, in order to see Jesus. But notice, they didn't come to receive him, but they wanted to do what? They wanted to see him. And the scripture revealed to us that Jesus wasn't interested in them. Why? Because they came to see him and not receive him, right? See, Jesus wants us all to receive him into our life. Amen? So that being said, open up your Bibles to John chapter 12, starting in verse 25 today. And it starts off like this. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, Jesus says, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must also follow me, and where I am, my servant will also be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice from heaven I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowds that was there heard it. Some said it was thunder. Others said it was an angel who had spoken to him. And Jesus said, 
This voice for, was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death that he was going to die. The crowd spoke up. We have heard from the law that the Messiah will remain forever. So how can you say the Son of Man will, must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus told them, You are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in dark does not know where they are going. Believe in the light while you have the light so that you may become children of light. When he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. Now let's go back up to verse 25. Verse 25 starts off, and Jesus is speaking here, and Jesus says, anyone who loves their life will lose it. So he's saying, if you like to live for things of this world, right, materialistic things like money, right, cars, homes, whatever the situation, just things of this world. If you like partying, right? If, 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 if you like just the evilness of this world, he's saying, and you continue to live the life of this world, in this world, for this world, and you continue to reject him, you continue to, to, to deny truth, you can say, push that aside. Then he's saying here, you're going to end up in hell. Why? Because you don't live for him. Look what else he says. Anyone who loves this life will lose it. So he's telling you, if you continue to live in this life and you neglect him and you reject him, you're going to lose it, meaning you're going to be separated from him, meaning hell. While anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Now this word hate, biblically speaking, means to give little thought of. <clears throat> now, the scripture doesn't say Hate his life totally, but hate his life in the what? This world. This means he puts very little emphasis, this person, on the life in this world. In, in other words, in, in materialistic things. Things that the rest of the world love, they don't. Why? Because they focus on Jesus. Because they focus on the kingdom. You can say they're kingdom-minded. Look what happens. Jesus says he will keep it for eternity. So Jesus is saying those people who don't care or, or, or want to find things in, in life, like materialistic things, like money and power and authority and whatever else, right? It, if this isn't his concern, right? In other words, his concern is not materialistic things, but things of the kingdom, things for Jesus, right? Then you're going to have eternal life. But it's just the opposite, he's saying. If you neglect him, if you reject him, and you live for this world, in this world, materialistic things, you love money, you love power, you have other gods, he's saying if you never come to him, then you're going to be lost. You're going to be separated. You're going to be in hell, right? And it all comes down to what? It all comes down about him, believing in him, and practicing your faith through him by means of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Verse 26, whoever serves me must follow me, he says, and where I am, my servant also will be. So 
If you want to serve Jesus, then you have to follow him, meaning you have to know him. Why? Because you're going to take on his character. You're going to take on his attributes. You see, Jesus tells us, right, if we personally serve and follow him, doing his will, knowing him on an intimate basis, then he says, my father will honor you because you serve me. Now, what does honor mean? It means he's going to recognize us. Now, what a great blessing is that, that the father will recognize you because you're obedient to him through his son, that you follow his son, that you worship his son that you glorify his son, that you do the will of him because it's the will of the father. Now, what a blessing, right? Verse 27. Now, my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this reason I came to this hour. See right here, he's, the flesh is kind of taken over because he knows he was sent for a job to do. And that job was to go to the cross at Calvary. But he says, my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. So he's letting us know here that he's going to die. And, and we should learn something from him, right? See, Jesus wasn't concerned about his earthly life. Why? Because first, he, he come to do the Father's will. And he did it perfectly. We know that. Because the Father raised him from the dead. Second is this, this earth will pass away. But you see, the kingdom is eternal. And lastly, Jesus had to die for us, right? Why? So we can have a chance in his kingdom. So we will not be separated from the Father. So we can be what? Unified with them, to glorify them, to honor them and praise them, worship them. Verse 28, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice from heaven spoke up and said, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. So we see here that Jesus is speaking to his father and his father answers him. So what, what do we learn from all this? What is important to Jesus isn't his earthly life. What is important is that this earthly life is used to glorify the father and the father's name. Amen. See, when we glorify the name of the father, now, glorifying the name of the Father, what does that mean, right? We're taking on the character of Him. That's what it means to glorify Him. You see, it is when we are taking on the character of God that we are glorifying the name of Yeshua. And what does this do? It brings us intimacy with the Father, with Father God. Amen? It brings us in contact, you can say, with the power of the, of the Father, with the power of God. And this is exactly what Jesus did. See, Jesus has the power to defeat death. Verse 29. The crowd that was there heard it and said it was thunder. Others said it was an angel that had spoken to him. So some say it was a thunder noise. Others say, no, it's an angel that's speaking. So you hear that the crowd hears this. They know something is going on between Jesus and Father God, Jesus says in verse 30, the voice was for your benefit, not mine. So Jesus is letting them know here that this voice that, that, that they heard, it's not to benefit himself, but it's to benefit the people. It's showing the power of Almighty God through his son Jesus here. 
that Jesus now has that power to overcome death, to overcome anything that the devil throws at him. Why? Because God the Father is more powerful than, than, than Satan, than his demons. And Jesus right here is telling us that voice that you hear, it's not for my benefit, but for yours, to know who's in control, to know who has authority over this whole world. Hallelujah. Now is the time for judgment on this world, Jesus says. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. Let's break that down. Now is the time for judgment on this world. This means a recognition of who he really is. See, the, the, the word is telling us here, right? That there's a confirmation. And we need to hear it. And that confirmation is Jesus. See, when we know him, and when we know what he can do, judgment enters into this world. Now, judgment can be looked at at two different points of view, two ways. Judgment can also mean discernment. So what Jesus is saying here is that there has to be discernment for these people. <clears throat> you see, they understood that Jesus is speaking to his heavenly father. They understood that. They hear a voice, they hear a sound. And they understand that Jesus is speaking to his father. And Jesus says, now the prince of this world will be driven out. You see, when you understand who Jesus really is, then Satan, what's going to happen to Satan? He's going to be cast outside your life. He's going to be cast out. You see, anytime you proclaim the name of Jesus, you confess the name of Jesus, then Satan is not around you. He can't be around you because he's cast out. Verse 32, and I, when I am lifted from the earth, he says, will draw all people to myself. Now, when I am lifted up from the earth, he's speaking right here of what's fixing to take place, his death, the crucifixion. That's what he's speaking of here. In other words, when he has placed upon the cross there's going to be an outcome of that. And the outcome is going to be what? He will free people to himself. That's what he's going to do. He will draw people, I guess, and free people from the bondage of sin when they accept him into their life. Because he says, I will draw all people to myself. Now, <clears throat> We talked about this word draw when we studied John chapter 6. What does draw mean? It go, if you go back, it means people being drawn to Messiah, being drawn to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now, the only way that someone can be drawn is through a covenantal relationship with Jesus by means and power of God, by means of the Holy Spirit. But what we see here is not some power that forces someone to come. But instead, it enables that person to come. Look at the context. This is what it says. When I am lifted up, I will draw people to me. I will draw people to me. What is he speaking of here? He's speaking of a normative condition. And what do I mean by that? 
People who are drawn to redemption. In other words, those people who respond to the salvation message, we can say. See, there's only one way. And that way is by means of the cross. So when he says, I will draw all people to myself, he's saying all those people who respond to the salvation message, to redemption, it's all because of the cross. It's the cross. Everything happens at the cross. You see, there's only one way to be saved. And that is through the message of the cross and what Jesus did for us and all of humanity at Calvary and the cross. So the message that Jesus is saying here is that people will recognize who he is. That they're going to recognize the victory that they have. That Satan's going to be cast out of their life when they come to the cross. It's by the cross and what took place at the cross that people can be redeemed. That people can be saved, right? I mean, just look to the events of the cross and see what happened. Remember, Jesus... He's supposed to be dying by crucifixion. But he really didn't die because of crucifixion. Remember, when a person is crucified, as time goes on, in other words, that person is on the cross and he becomes weaker and weaker by every hour and every minute and every second that pass, their body becomes weaker and they begin to suffocate. And if you become weaker and you suffocate, you can't talk. It's hard to breathe. But if you remember just before Jesus took his last breath, the Bible tells us something. The Bible tells us that Jesus cried out in a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right? Matthew 27, 46. You can find that. And remember, there was a centurion, a Roman soldier that was there that had witnessed Thousands of crucifixions before. And when Jesus calls out on his last breath, he knows. And he says, this man was surely the son of God. Because if he would be suffocating, he wouldn't be crying out in a loud voice like the Bible says. See, it wasn't the crucifixion. It wasn't the suffocation that killed Jesus. Jesus gave up his life voluntarily for us. Hallelujah. See, if you go back to the scripture, Jesus says, when I die, all will be lifted up to me. This means that all people will be drawn to Jesus. They will be drawn to the cross by means of the cross. And when you understand the significance of it and you understand who Jesus really is and why he did what he did and you know him and become intimate and have a relationship with him, then you are redeemed and you are saved. You will be drawn to him. See, this is why when we study God's word, right? We need to put an emphasis on the cross. Not just the means by which he died but how he died and what took place at the cross. Hallelujah. Verse 33, he said this to show the kind of death that he was going to die. So he's letting them know. He's letting them know I'm going to be crucified. Then the crowd spoke up in verse 34. We have heard from the law that the Messiah will remain forever. 
So how can you say the son of man must be lifted up? Who is this son of man? So the crowd spoke up. We have heard from the law that the Messiah will remain forever. So they were misled by the religious leaders when they say this. They were misled by the religious leaders. Why? Because the religious leaders denied truth. Now, when they say the law, they're talking about the scriptures. They're talking about the entire Bible. In Isaiah chapter 9, it speaks in a wonderful passage about the wonderful counsel of the mighty God, right? The everlasting God, the Prince of Peace. It says concerning his rule, concerning his kingdom, there will be no end. Now, if they understood that, because Jesus is speaking here, right? He's speaking about his death. So they should be saying, how could that be? The people have been pleading. The people have been taught that Messiah never dies. Now, why is that? Because they had no understanding of a suffering servant. See, here's the problem with this. There are many prophets that talk about a suffering servant in the Bible, in the Old Testament. There, there are many prophecies that speak on the Messiah being that suffering servant, ultimately doing what? Dying. So if one understands prophecy, it tells us that Messiah will suffer, that he's going to die, but also he's also going to be raised from the dead. Going back to the scripture. So how can you say the son of man must be lifted up? So they understand this term lifted up refers to the cross. They ask, who is this son of man? The son of man speaks about the work of Messiah. Now, if you know the book of Ezekiel, the name Ezekiel means the power of God. And we know that Ezekiel throughout the whole book of Ezekiel, calls himself the son of man. Why? Because his prophecy, more than any other prophets, reveals the establishment of the kingdom of God, if you read the book of Ezekiel. So what Jesus does, Jesus took this term, related to the prophet Ezekiel, and he applies it to himself. He says, the son of man, why? Because his life will reveal to us the establishment of the kingdom of God. See, this term, son of man, speaks about the servant of God, right? In order to bring about redemption of mankind, hence you have the servant of man. So also when, when he says, who is the son of man, or they say, who is the son of man, this shows us that they really weren't being educated in the fullness and the revelation of God. And we know that to be true because the leaders, what they would do, they would only choose bits and pieces of scripture that they wanted the people to hear. So they were deceiving the people in a sense. See, they didn't want to hear about a suffering servant. They didn't want to hear that. They didn't want to hear about their Messiah being dead and dying. They didn't want to hear about a need for a suffering Messiah because of their sin. No. What they wanted to hear, they wanted to hear about things that were encouraging, things that were uplifting, things that were exciting to them, right? You see, the more you concern about pleasing man than pleasing God, then you're lost. Then you've been deceived. The Apostle Paul tells us in Galatians 1.10, 
If I was still trying to please man, then I can't be a servant of God. This is what it says in Galatians 1.10. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I was still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. So you never try to please people. You please God by means of His Son, Jesus Christ, by means of the Holy Spirit. You seek Him. You seek His advice. You do His will. This is what's pleasing to God. And that's what we should be doing. We should be pleasing God rather than pleasing man, people. Then Jesus told them, verse 35, you're going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they are going. So Jesus is saying here that you're unaware of the judgment that it's upon you. See, it's only when you have light that darkness can't overtake you. Now, we know that Jesus is the light of the world. Amen? So he's telling them right here that I'm only going to be in this world a little while longer. This is why he says you're going to have the light just a little while longer. So walk in the light while you have the light. So what he's saying here is you better continue to see this light and walk in it because the minute I'm gone, it's going to be darkness because you don't believe and you don't know me. Now, if we truly understand, right, and, and we still have truth and the testimony about our light, we believe in that light, we can walk in that light, that's still, that message still stands today for all of us, right? Because Jesus overcame death on the cross because he was what? Resurrected. And that's what he wants us to be. He wants to be resurrected into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of heaven first, which is temporary, and eventually into the kingdom of God. See, it's only when you submit to Jesus, to the Father, by means of the Holy Spirit, by means of revelation from Christ, by revelation from the Holy Spirit. See, the Word of God reveals to us concerning Jesus, concerning Him, concerning God. And only then, when we know this, we have a relationship with it, that we are going to walk in a way that will not lead us into obstacles, that won't lead us for us to stumble and for us to fall. Why? Because you have that light in you. You have that light around you. That light is leading you. That light is Almighty God. And when you have that light, darkness will never overtake us. Amen? Last verse for today, verse 36. Believe in the light while you have the light, he says so that you may become children of light. Now here again, there's a difference between the word sons and children. See, children has to do with obedience. So he's saying when you walk in the light, you are obeying truth. When we walk in the light, we become sons of the light. This means you become an heir. You have an inheritance. That's what he's saying. So when we walk by means of the light, by means of the Holy Spirit, 
It will lead us into inheritance with the Father. And we can find this where? In the kingdom of God. When he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. So we see here, after Jesus speaks to them, that Jesus does what? He hides himself from them. He goes away. He goes away from the people because more than likely, he wants to spend time with who? Just like he always does, his father. And that's exactly what we should be doing. is spending time with him, with the father, but through him and constant prayer. And, the, and that light will lead us to victory. Hallelujah. And Satan will be cast out of your life. Amen. And that ends our lesson for today. We're going to be back next week. We're going to continue on in the Gospel of John in chapter 12. We sure do appreciate you all tuning in today. It will be a blessing for someone this week. Let that light shine in you and through you and lead people to the kingdom of God. Until next week, we love you guys. God bless.